Hi, it's Roger Sitkins. Welcome to Winning Strategies. Our topic today, is the 4.5% model holding you back? According to the Organic Growth and Profitability Study by Reagan Consulting, independent insurance agencies experienced a 4.5% organic growth rate in 2017. People got really excited because it was an improvement over 2016 when their growth rate was 4.2%. Now, that concerns me. I also have to tell you that literally this morning before I came into the studio to record this, we got some updated statistics for the first quarter of 2018. And organic growth was now up to 5.6%. But by the way, operating profit had dropped to 9.9%. But throughout this podcast, I'm still going to be referring back to what happened year-end 2017, this 4.5%. Now, to me, 4.5% is not really exciting, nor should it be to any true sales organization. What is exciting is growth of 2x or 3x the national average. So that would be 9% or 13.5% or maybe even how much, 15, 16, 17% based upon the updated numbers. That gets exciting. I fear that many agencies are blindly following the quote-unquote 4.5% model. Now, I don't think they're doing this deliberately, and, and maybe that's the problem. They're not aware that that's what they're doing. But maybe this model is exactly what's holding them back. Now, before I expand upon this, I realize there aren't many agency owners sitting out there saying, I'm following the 4.5% model. Most simply don't have a growth model other than the old way of selling. You know, the old look, copy, quote, and pray model. Well, guess what? That still works. However, I believe that most will agree that the distribution system and our overall industry is due for some dramatic change in the next five to 10 years. I think it's critical that we examine what 4.5% looks like over the next five to 10 years. So for every million dollars of current revenue, what happens at 4.5%? Well, after five years, that million would be $1,246,182. And at the end of 10 years, it would be $1,552,969. Now, that doesn't look so bad, does it? Well, unfortunately, it's just a little more than $55,000 a year growth for 10 years. You know, the picture brightens considerably when you figure a growth rate at twice the national average, or 9%. Well, at that rate, the million dollars grows to $1,538,624 after five years, and $2,367,364 after 10 years. Well, you know what? Now I'm getting a little excited because we're averaging $136,736 per year. Let's go to a 3x model and see what that million dollars can become at 13.5% net growth per year. After five years, it grows to $1,883,559 and $3,547,796 after 10 years. Now I'm excited. Now I'm committed to the model because that's an average of $254,780 per year growth 
on a million dollars of revenue. Think about operating profits of at least 25% and valuations of 10 times EBITDA, and now you should be excited and committed. Well, what's the crux of the matter? You know, these numbers will pump up people like me as quick starts, but we've got to go back to the source of the problem if you really want to solve it. In this case, why is it that in 2017, agencies only grew at 4.5%? What is this 4.5% model? The reality is that in most agencies, there is no model. You know, even if you're already growing at 6, 7, or 8%, it's still worthwhile to look at what could be holding you back from greater growth and profitability. So a question I often ask at speeches and workshops is, how many of you want to grow your business? Well, naturally, all hands are going to go up. My response is, great. How are you going to do that? Well, typically, I'll hear one of the following responses, some of which make absolutely no sense. First one, well, we're going to sell more insurance. Really? How are you going to do that? We're going to work smarter. Does that mean you know you're working stupid now? (laughs) We're going to work harder. Really? Well, why aren't you doing all of those things already? That's why it's so important to evaluate the root causes of low organic growth. Based on my experience, it all starts with producer productivity, or the lack thereof. See, the strategies we teach at Sitkins are aimed at producers actually producing. You know, what a concept. As we believe that you only score points when you're in the game, we focus on the amount of time producers spend in, quote-unquote, producing activities. We see that the average producer is a part-time producer at best. Even though most of them will still do okay, they'll never be great, and at the end of their career, they'll have a ton of regrets. To achieve greatness, producers and their teams must have a structure that allows them to invest 80% of their time and energy in the four key money-making activities, sales, relationship management, continuations, not renewals, and pipeline development. And remember, we're talking now about future ideal clients, not suspects or prospects. I hope you remember the 12% factor, which is a huge litmus test for you and your agency. Are your producers spending, investing actually, 20 hours a week face-to-face with clients, future ideal clients, and centers of influence? Now, for our younger producers in training, a lot of this time is spent smiling and dialing or utilizing digital technology to develop their pipelines. So let's look at an average week, 168 hours in every week, times 12% is 20 hours. Now, 20 hours, of course, is only about 50% of an average work week. Our research, our experience shows that the average producer spends fewer than 10 hours per week in those four key money-making activities. That's less than 6% of a total week. Remember, 168 hours in every week. Sure, you'll adjust for evening and weekends, but how much time are you really spending doing those things that will create revenue? Could the fact that our salespeople are not even close to being full-time salespeople be part of the problem? Uh, The answer is yes. At the first ever virtual roundtable we held for agency leaders recently, one of our longtime clients and friends said that he now has two classes of producers, full-time and part-time. Now, his part-timers, based upon actual results, 
are paid substantially less on their renewal books of business, which I quite frankly think is a good idea. If they're not generating enough new business to offset the escalating costs of servicing their accounts, then they're really not contributing to the agency growth and profitability. Now, what are some other reasons that we have these part-time producers? I believe the first one is an addiction to distractions and lack of routines. Most producers, I think, will start the day with pretty good intentions. You know, they'll tell themselves, today's the day I hit the long ball. Today's the day I'm going to work on my pipelines. Today's the day I focus on my vital few clients. However, if the first thing they do every day is start looking at their emails on their smartphones, it's extremely likely that they'll continue to check it every time they get an alert or notification. You know, I saw a statistic recently that says the average person checks their smartphone 150 times a day. Now, even if it's just 50, that's an enormous distraction. Do you and your producers have a morning routine that gets you started on a great day? If so, you're distinctly in the minority. Most producers have no routine other than hysterical activity on the way to the grave. A routine is not reacting to stuff. Rather, it's what you do to proactively make every day a great day. What are you doing to start your day physically, mentally, and educationally? Another reason for part-time producers, no review. I've always been a big proponent of the Sunday night review. It involves setting aside time, a specific time, each Sunday to review what really happened the previous week and to look ahead to what you have planned for the coming week. These days, personally, I've realized the importance of doing that every day, either at the end of the day or start of the day, not just once a week. It'll give you a laser focus on those things you should consider non-negotiables, non-optionals that you need to put in place to accomplish that day and every day. Another big issue I see is they've become magnetic. Whether you know it or not, whether you want to admit it, you are magnetized. But what kind of magnet are you? Depending in part on your morning routine, you're either a crap magnet or a results magnet. What's a crap magnet? Okay, another Sitkin's acronym. Can't resist attracting paper. See, if that's you, you'll always use the ITB I'm too busy excuse for a lack of achievement. You know, I'm too busy to get out there and sell. I'm too busy to visit my best clients. I'm too busy to make random phone calls to check in. I'm too busy to send thank you notes. I'm too busy to call underwriters. I'm too busy to go to networking events. These are just some of the things producers say they'll do when they get a chance. I believe the reason they never do it is because they haven't made it a priority. Conversely, if you look at the results magnets, they have a 100% focus on creating positive results. They refuse to hide behind activities, and they demand more of themselves than anyone else ever would. They question everything they do by asking, does this have anything to do with creating a positive result, or am I just being busy? Am I just hiding behind activities? You know, Underachievers love being busy. It's their ultimate excuse. It's how they justify their poor performance. I know that's not you.
So what are the characteristics of the 4.5% model? And by the way, I hope this becomes the anti-model for you. Well, the first one, accountability. A big part of the 4.5% model is a lack of accountability. No one is following up with the producers to see if they did what they said they were going to do. That's prevalent at agencies that sporadically hold sales meetings. Oh, sure, they have random bitch sessions about the service team and the insurance companies. But actual sales improvement meetings that include accountability just don't happen in the 4.5% model. What about rehearsals? Well, you know, there's clearly no need to rehearse or practice prior to presenting to suspects and prospects. After all, if you throw enough against the wall, something's bound to stick. Research. Gathering information on prospects, and again, they're not calling them future ideal clients, on prospects is really a waste of time in the 4.5% model. Instead, you can start your initial meetings with prospects by saying, so tell me, what do you all do here? Tell me a little bit more about your company. Wow, no need for that. Another characteristic, pipelines. The 4.5% model allows empty or anemic pipelines occupied by suspects or prospects at best. Again, not future ideal clients. Furthermore, the lifespan of some prospects appears to be endless. How can you tell? Well, typically, you'll hear a younger producer at a meeting say, you know what, I just met the owner of ABC Company, and he wants me to work on his account. To which an older producer will reply, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. That's my prospect. He's been in my pipeline. I've been meaning to call him for weeks, months, years, whatever it may be. And of course, that hasn't happened yet and probably never will because he's just been too busy to make the call. Just putting a suspect's name in the pipeline is not an eternal reservation for that prospect. Someday I'll call is not an icon you can click on in your CRM. You know, unless a producer has gained significant traction with a prospect in the last quarter and can report tangible results, the prospect is no longer theirs. Well, what about the USP? The 4.5% model says that your unique selling proposition, that which separates you from all other Me Too competitors and compels people to buy from you, is that you provide great service. You represent all the major insurance carriers. You've been in business a hundred years, and of course, you've got the best people in the industry. Oh, and you can save them money on their insurance. Gee, I wonder if they've ever heard any of that before. Also, by the way, there's no need to know and live your five points of differentiation, the pods, which further distinguish you in a crowded marketplace. You just don't need them. What about the client experience? Well, in the 4.5% model, delivering a world-class client experience consists of answering the phone by the third ring, replying to most emails within about 24 hours, and reactively addressing service issues. You know, there's no need to proactively connect with your clients. They'll call you when they need you. Boy, that's pretty sad, isn't it? Let's take a look at promise fulfillment. Followers of the 4.5% model make numerous promises and keep most of them. Not all of them, though. They don't see the need to under-promise and over-deliver 
even though their best competitors understand the value of promise-making, promise-keeping, and promise-exceeding. Our final characteristic of the 4.5% model, planning sessions. You know, the 4.5%ers talk a good game about annual planning sessions, but typically anything that remotely resembles planning is relegated to an agency holiday party or some other yearly event. They know, I mean, they know they should have a planning session, a strategic planning session, but they're just too busy. And you know what? They're really getting pretty darn good results anyway. They're making good money. So why bother? And, and why worry about things like documentation and accountability and all those other things? You know, when you can grow by 4.5% anyway, good intentions are good enough. Well, what's the bottom line? By now, you've probably gotten the message which I want you to know is not meant to be negative, and it's not intended to berate or belittle anyone. However, if you recognize yourself in some of these areas, I sure hope I've got your attention. As I'm sure you're aware, having options is part of the beauty of this business. You can choose what you want to do. You can follow the 4.5% model or the new 5.6% model and do okay if you accept the possibility of having some major regrets at the end of your career. Or you can commit to a 9, 10, 13, 15% model or any other higher growth model and have no regrets. The best agency leaders understand the importance of high performance and the positive impact it can have on their clients, their colleagues, their carriers, and their community the four C's I've talked about before. As a result, the best in our business strive to accomplish three things. How do we sell even more? How do we retain even more? And how do we earn even more? In order to do that, we've got to be willing to lead even more and invest in our future. As always, it's your choice. Thanks for listening to Winning Strategies. For new opportunities to replace that which is no longer working in your agency and the ability to sell more, retain more, and earn more, visit our website, www.sitkins.com. There's some free tools there you can use also.